Here we go. Episode number four of the WMEE podcast of Sound, Body, and Mind. John Davies, weekday mornings here on 97.3 WMEE with uh, a, a return guest once again, Dr. Richard Rurold, I believe. Look at that. Still managing to successfully get the last name out there. Senior psychologist and clinical educator with our friends at the Bowen Center. Uh, don't forget, you can find more information both on this podcast, previous episodes, and the Mental Health and Wellness Hub by texting the word Bowen, B-O-W-E-N, to 46862 or checking out the Mental Health and Wellness Hub on our website over at WMEE.com. Doc, how are you doing today? You doing all right? Yeah, really well. Nice to be with you again. Uh, I'm glad you aren't necessarily struggling with our topic of conversation, being stressed. It affects us in a variety of different ways in life. And with uh, back-to-school season just around the corner, Let's start off with the little ones. Uh, it's, you know, there are a variety of different things when it comes to being stressed, and that can be stressed out about a test, stressed out about the physical action of going back to school. How do you describe stress on a professional level? Well, let's start out by saying, uh, you know, you were, you were saying, it's nice to know you're not stressed today. And I was yeah. going to say, we're all stressed. <laughs> <laughs> 24/7 you know, I think it's. I, I think if we're being honest, it's more a matter of how much, not if. Sure. You know, because it's it's really unavoidable. It's just kind of part of how we're wired. But to, for your question, uh, how would we get a sense that our kids um, are experiencing increased stress? Maybe some stress that they need some help and support from. The first thing I'd emphasize, John, would be some sort of change in their behavior or emotions. Okay. Um, let's talk about behavior changes. It could be a variety of things, but things that I would encourage parents, guardians, caregivers to pay attention to would be, let's say, a change in sleep habits, mm -hmm. trouble falling asleep, trouble staying asleep, um, maybe sleeping more, um, change in eating habits. Uh, you know, we talk about stress eating. Been uh, doing that my whole life. <laughs> you have a lot of company. <laughs> um, so... Change in sleep habits, maybe eating less or eating more, change in what people eat, you know, maybe gravitating more toward comfort foods. Um, withdrawal would be a big one. It's real common when we're under stress that we kind of want to protect ourselves and sort of retreat from life a bit. Absolutely. So uh, if my kid is spending more time alone, you know, uh, in their room, or maybe even more time withdrawn into uh, uh, their screens. But it's, it's, it's a change in behavior and their emotional state that I'd really be paying attention to. Now you said, uh, you know, we all deal with it pretty much all the time in different levels. How do you know it's crossed that threshold into prevent, uh, um, potentially being harmful? Because, you know, as you said, it's a daily occurrence for a lot of us. So it's a matter of, I guess, management or when is that line in the sand something that we should be aware of? Yeah, stress is very much wired into our brains and our biology. And um, maybe we can talk about it later, but it's not all bad. Hmm. But uh, when would we cross that threshold? Um, again, I really would emphasize some sort of change not for the better. Now, we, we talk about 
change in functioning. What that means is, how am I taking care of my day-to-day activities in business? Are people noticing I'm more irritable, so it's affecting my relationships mm-hmm. in some way? Am I having more trouble concentrating at work or on other kinds of activities? Since we're talking about kids, um, schoolwork. Absolutely. Uh, homework. Oh, that evil word. <laughs> we all love that one. But uh, some difficulties with concentration, reduced ability to get things done. Um, relationships are so key. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes, our significant others, our family members, our colleagues at work may notice before we do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, we don't always have the best self-awareness. You Got know, the, and, the uh, blinders on, as they say. <laughs> so as hard as it is to hear it, Probably a good indicator would be what you're noticing from other people and what they're saying and how they're reacting to us. You know, if someone says, you're just not yourself today. Are you okay? You know, our temptation, of course, is to say, I'm fine, and that's the end of the conversation. But maybe we ought to take a little deeper dive. Well, exactly. On that other side of the coin, when you do notice friends and family members or your significant other, your kids, um, I mean... We've talked about this in the past, but the the power of word and conversation and reaching out. I mean, is that essentially step number one for us to help get the ball rolling, to help them resolve their issues? Talking about it. Right. I know we sound kind of repetitive when we say that, but it, it's hard to change the equation unless we're willing to be honest with ourselves. One other thing I want to add quickly, you know, how do I know I'm the stress has gotten to a point where... I really ought to pay, you know, attention to it. I mean, I got white hair on my head. I'm only 32. I, you um, know, it feels yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got, I got a full head of it. What's right. left? Well, um, you know, but, uh, yeah, you I, can't I kind that. of contribute some of that to like the stress of my job. I talked to my sure. parents about, you know, uh, when did they start to see it? And there's a variety of different. I got bags under my eyes. So that might be because I wake up earlier. It might be because I'm overthinking a lot of things. I mean, it all affects us kind of differently at the end of the day. You nailed it when you talked about like hair and things. You made the link between stress and physical stuff. <laughs> now, maybe it, maybe it may or may not be hair color, depending sure. on one's age, but um, you know, physical signs. Uh, the, the, the main ones are going to be things like headaches, fatigue, body aches, oh, GI stuff, you know, stomach stuff, mm-hmm. um, that kind of, those are uh, very typical. And you know, especially, I think, in kids, kids will often show their stress in some sort of physical complaints. Okay. Now, those are probably real, but they can also be genuine attempts to avoid whatever's stressing them out. You know, I, I, I'm not feeling good. I don't want to go to school today. Well, they might have a legitimate illness, but they also might have a legitimate stress problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so another thing to look for is is physical changes. You talked about the relationship with food, stress eating, something that I've done. You know, I've struggled with my weight my entire life, and that's been, you know, um, a tie-in to a variety of the different episodes that we've discussed over the course of the Of Sound Body and Mind podcast. But um, outside of food, what are some other crutches that are common practice when people are overstressed? Well, of course, it's uh, it's easy to turn to alcohol, mm. you know, which in moderation for most people is a fine thing. But if I start to increase my alcohol consumption, um, 
some people might be inclined to use some of their prescription medications differently. Mm-hmm. Or they may want to borrow a, uh, you know, a pill from somebody else for sure. whom it's prescribed. But, you know, chemicals of different sorts, um, you know, and then there, I think there's, there are some more desperate things that people do, which we can talk about if you want to. Well, right. I mean, there are a variety of different ways that people are treating things in the modern world. And when you talk about, you know, seeking professional help for, um, you know, the difference between stress and anxiety for me, I feel as though uh, just on a a non-professional level, I feel like it might start as stress. And the more that stress continues, becomes kind of an anxiety issue. I mean, is there... um, in the true terminology as a practicing professional, I mean, is that is there truth in that statement? And within that, do we seek help professionally similarly? Yeah, you got it. I mean, you know, we, <laughs> yes. we, yes, it's, uh, you know, we use a lot of these terms as if they're completely separate categories, but there's a whole lot of overlap. Sure. Um, stress, anxiety, in many ways, they're pretty similar. Uh-huh. Um, I guess stress is kind of a more general term. And anxiety is is the way many people experience stress. Okay, you know, and when we think of anxiety, we think of persistent worrying. I, that I'm unable to control the worrying. Um, I spend a there's a lot of en- mental energy spent on worrying about the what ifs in life, and uh, it's not what if this great thing happens. It's what if something negative were to occur. Um, and the physical manifestation, you know, the restlessness, the fidgetiness, the can't sit still, the can't sleep. Um, uh, some cases, you know, heart racing, blood pressure going up, dizziness, a host mm-hmm. of things that go with it. So not everybody who's experiencing stress is going to experience it that particular way. But there's certainly some overlap between the two, John. Absolutely. Uh, and because we're all experiencing it in different ways. There are different ways to treat said things that we are experiencing differently. Uh, uh, what would be the best step for someone that may consistently be seeing a lot more stress in their life to professionally seek out some help? I think it's so important for us to recognize that the goal is not to eliminate stress or eliminate worry, they're part of being alive. 100%. It's a matter of them not getting so severe, so kind of dominating of our day-to-day life that they really wreak havoc with our relationships and just the quality of life and wanting to get up in the morning. Um, when we start to notice those things where it's really demanding a lot of energy and affecting my relationships and affecting my work and just affecting my ability to enjoy today. Quality of life. Yeah. Yes. That's what it's about. It's about quality of life. Um, then it's time to take an honest look and say, what do I need to do to turn this around? Because, you know, we don't want to live that way. Mm-hmm. We want people to have a good quality of life and to be able to live life in a way that they find meaningful and rewarding. And um, professionals and other supports can be there to help us get on track when we're not able to do it ourselves or when friends and family members are haven't been successful at helping us turn it around either. You spoke a little bit about, you know, um, 
the way that we experience things and the quality of our lives. And as, as I get older, I want to expand my family and I have things that I see in myself that like my parents have dealt with. I mean, there is a little bit of like nature versus nurture within these situations and growing up in a household and uh, seeing things happen and then doing them yourself down the line. But is this, you know, is stress like a chronic situation? Is this something that we can tell genetically that people are going to experience or, yeah, can we elaborate on that a little bit? Or? Well, you spoke about genetics. Clearly, some of us are more vulnerable to stress than others. Um tends to run in families to a degree. But let's not hear that as, it's genetic, I can't do anything about it. That's not the message we want our listeners to hear. Um, Let's imagine I have a history of heart disease in my family. That doesn't mean there aren't many, many things I can do to prevent that or minimize those risks. So yeah, some people are naturally more susceptible to stress. But that just means we may need to work a little harder to be successful at managing it. But, folks, you can learn to manage it successfully. Um, Does that help answer your question? Absolutely. I mean, within that management, there's over-the-counter, there's meditation. I mean, there's a variety of different types of things that people can do. Any any you'd like to chime in on that I might have forgotten? Because it's not necessarily a one-path fix for any of us, because it's all so different for everyone, depending on what we're going through. Yeah, we all need to find the kind of strategies that work for us. But there are some common themes. Um, One of the antidotes for stress is being kind to oneself, (sighs) taking some time for ourselves to uh, nurture ourselves, to, to find some time to relax. I mean... You know, I think most people who are here in this can relate. Most of us are pretty good at being kind to others and giving others the benefit of the doubt. And most of us do a pretty lousy job of giving ourselves <laughs> so the same kindness. The choir. <laughs> I mean, I'm guilty of it, too. It's, it's, it's aggravating. Yeah. But some, some decent self-care practices, taking a break now and then. Um, it can be really helpful in today's world of, um, you know, living in closed spaces and being in front of our screens so much mm-hmm. to get a little back in touch with what's sometimes called green space. Yeah. Nature. <laughs> Take a walk. Uh, stretch your legs. You know, enjoy a little bit of sunshine, a little fresh air. But meditation, yoga, uh religious and spiritual activities are great for many people. Um, There's as many options as there are people out there seeking them. It's just a matter, I think, of being willing to try different things to take care of oneself because it's when we take care of ourselves that we're way better at taking care of all the other things that life throws at us. Now, not to beat a dead horse, I feel like we've just been pounding on negative after negative after negative when it comes to being stressed, and it, it seems as though there might be some light at the end of the tunnel. You can take care of yourself, and stress can sometimes be beneficial in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Being stress-free actually isn't that good for us. It sounds awfully attractive. <laughs> but it's Why not... worry about anything? <laughs> yeah, why worry about anything? But we know from 
lots of research that a certain amount of stress actually gets us going and gets us motivated and actually improves our performance and quality of life in measure. A great example would be a coach. Mm. I mean, think of some of the better coaches out there. They don't just tell their their players, yeah, just chill out and do whatever. You got it, Michael Jordan. No problem. No, they just do whatever. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't be very successful that way. The best coaches do put a certain amount of stress on those they coach, but they don't overdo it. Sure. They know to find that they find that sweet spot between whatever and you know overdoing it and uh, putting so much pressure on their team that they actually discourage people. Mm-hmm. But you know, sports coaches n- n- know exactly what we're talking about here. A certain amount of stress can be motivating. Because there are wins and losses, in ev- even outside of the games, in the game of life. I mean, and that's, you know, depending on your coach is trying to get you to score a basket or meet a financial quota. I mean, it is what it is. And stress does drive us in a positive way sometimes. Right, right. And it kind of, it kind of circles back to where we talked about earlier what's the outcome of the stress? You know, if, if my response to this stress leads to some good outcomes in my work and relationships, that's probably a good thing. But if it's going in the opposite direction, it's affecting my work, my life, my health in ways that aren't so positive, then it's probably time to step back, take an honest look, and see if there's some need to reach out for help which we want to do as well. Text the word Bowen, B-O-W-E-N, to 46862 for more information on not only stress, but the variety of topics that we cover here in the Of Sound, Body, and Mind podcast. And check out the Mental Health and Wellness Hub put on by our friends at the Bowen Center right now on our website over at WME.com, as well as listen to previous episodes. Thank you once again for joining us for the Of Sound, Body, and Mind podcast presented by the Bowen Center and WMEE.